0: Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. I am live. It is 10 p.m. on the East Coast, and welcome to the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast episode live recording. Um, Very happy tonight. Very excited to have a special guest on. My friend Mike is going to discuss with me the 1985 movie Brewster's Millions. He actually brought it to my attention. I'll, I'll let him talk about it. It was actually his idea. It's a movie from the 80s that I'd actually forgotten about until he mentioned it to me, so we'll bring him on shortly, but before I do, some quick housekeeping. Again, this is the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. I discuss and review movies new and old. You can listen to the show on Spotify or wherever you get podcasts. You can also download the episodes anytime you want on the website, which is bendyourear.com. Please uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. The show is streaming right now on that channel, on my Twitter, at bendyourearpod. Also on my Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash let me Bend your ear. And you can also watch the show right now on Twitch. That's also Bend Your Ear Pod. So again, let me go ahead and get right to it. We're going to bring Mike on and introduce him. And uh, we'll talk about Brewster's Millions. Hey, Mike, welcome to the show. Good evening. Hey, thanks, Frank. Thanks for having me on. How are you tonight? I'm awesome. I'm awesome. I was just saying that uh, you uh, picked a movie. This was your idea, actually. We had discussed before we were going to do the show about doing a different movie. But you actually reached out to me and said, hey. How about Brewster's Millions? And I had actually forgotten about that movie until you mentioned it. And it's so funny, because when you mentioned it, I thought about it. I actually saw that movie in the movies. Uh, we're about the same age. so We were 80s kids when these movies came out. So, And I actually saw it in the movies. And I'm like, man, I forgot. That was actually a really good movie. And uh, so I rewatched it Friday night. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to talk to you about it. Uh, what made you, before we even get into that, what made you reach out to me to pick this particular movie? Um,
1: oddly enough, this um Brewster's millions has been one of those movies that all through my childhood and, and, and even into my adult life, uh, I I watch it. it. It's anytime it's on, anytime I can. Um, it's, it's just one of those kind of movies where it's like, it's a fun feel good. It's a great Richard Pryor movie. It's not a, you know, it's, it's not a dirty movie. It doesn't have a lot of, you know, crazy cuss words in it and stuff like it's a good family movie. You can actually watch it with the kids and and it still holds up today um with with what uh, you know what what would happen today if if you had this kind of an opportunity hit you in the lap. So, uh, so it was just kind of a I, I just was sitting there with that and and then the reality of it is 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 um, uh, not to spill too many beans, but um i I have a I have a really strong desire to see Leslie Jones and uh and melissa mccarthy remake this movie in current day and i and i'm i'm literally working on like my own little play up right a uh, screenplay in my head to remake the movie in current time so so it it kind of hit me again and i was like oh man this would be a great movie for us to talk about so yeah yeah. No,
0: great choice, and 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 hey, that's a good idea for a reason. look. Everything gets remade, so that's probably not in oh, yeah. the realm of possibility. No. So yeah, bro, so yeah, no, absolutely, and and I did some research uh, into the background of the movie. So I had forgotten. Now this movie was directed by Walter Hill, which is interesting because he's more of an action director. So mm-hmm. he did Forty Eight Hours, he did yeah. Wild Bill, which is actually a really good movie with Jeff Bridges. So Correct. this was really his only, and he's said so, only his really straight up comedy. Uh, and so it's interesting because, it, and, and the other thing that I've forgotten about in looking at the movie is it's got a great cast oh, the outside cast is of phenomenal. Yeah. Even forget about even Richard Pryor and John Candy, who we'll get to in a minute. Mm-hmm. You have Jerry Orbach, who's great in everything. Yep. Uh, you have Lynette McKee, who's great, uh, as the, uh, as the accountant, you have Stephen Collins, who was in pretty much all these eighties movies and know everybody knows him, right? Everything Star Trek, this movie. Uh, I think everybody probably knows him from television from seventh heaven, but you know, he had a pretty good movie career in the eighties oh, yeah. and has a major oh, yeah. role in this movie. So I want to get into, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to skip around a little bit. I want to get into the, 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 the cleverest thing about this movie is so obviously uh, if you've not seen the movie, the other thing is this movie has been, is is based on a book and it's been made seven other times before this Mm -hmm. movie came out. So I didn't realize how many times this story has kind of been recycled. It's kind of like a star is born Mm -hmm. where there's been four or five different film remakes of the movie in different variations. But when I, when I, when I really look at the story, I understand why. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think it's a story that's pretty timeless and it's very well done. So essentially Richard Pryor is a minor league baseball pitcher uh, Uh for the Hackensack team and, uh, you know, Hackensack bulls, Hackensack bulls. (laughs) Thank you. And John Candy is the catcher on the team. So as the movie opens, you know, they're playing a game. And then as we find out, he comes into an inheritance or so we think. So he's called up to this office in New York. They, they let him know that basically, He is uh, the great, it's it's his grandnephew, right? Because it's his great uncle, right? Yeah, his
1: great uncle, yeah. His great
0: uncle, which is, uh, you know, one of the first gags. And we played by Hume Cronin, who you would know probably from Cocoon, uh, Cocoon. most most famously in the 80s. Uh, He's done a bunch Mm -hmm. of movies, had a long career. He was an older gentleman at the time. So basically, he's died, and he's basically willed Montgomery his estate, kind of. So basically, he gives Mm -hmm. him two options. The first option is he can take a million dollars right now and hit the road. Yep. No questions the whim asked. Clause. No. The whim clause. Exactly. Now, yep. the second option, which is obviously what he takes or there'd be no movie, is he's got 30 days to spend $30 million. Yep. So With
1: nothing to show for it.
0: Right. And we're going to get it. No, I want to talk about this yep. for a few minutes because the, this is one of the cleverest parts, I think, of the screenplay. I think that's what makes mm-hmm. the movie. That's what holds the movie up, actually. So let's talk about some of the rules. I'm going to blow some out. And then if I forget any, let me know. Cause you've seen the movie more than I have. So you probably can let me know. So either these times. rules are great. Yeah, exactly. So let's start with what you <laughs> just said. So the catch is cause you think, oh shoot, I can spend $30 million in 30 days. Easy. It's easy, but the rules are very specific and make it very difficult. So like you said, at the end of the 30 days, he could have nothing of value. Literally the, the, the movie says he has to have only the clothes on his back and exactly. zero money. Yep. So the issue is, and he can't give the money away.
1: He can, he only, can, give only, away, he can yeah. only give away. He can only give away one and a half percent. Yeah. Charity. Or is it five,
0: five percent charity, five percent gambling. So he's allowed those uh, two yes. things. Yes. Right. So five percent gambling, five percent charity. If he 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 can't just. Yeah. And he can't give money. So a, anything he spends his money on has yep. to be something of value. So yep, whether it's to a
1: value for your money, for your yes.
0: money. So which is an important clause that makes mm-hmm. it very difficult because almost anything you buy i mean you can blow a lot of money but if you buy absolutely you, right and then and they specifically and the other thing that was clever too was he he's like you can't you know just you buy a Pica- yeah, you can't buy a yep. picasso and then destroy it anything you know, with those, inherent value correct anything with inherent value exactly so it's it's cleverly set up so anything that you would do to get around it uh mm-hmm. is pretty much shut down but as the movie progresses and we'll talk about it cuz like i said i'm i'm with yeah. you i'm trying to navigate this review and discussion mm-hmm giving away some of the things that he does. Cause some of the things he does are super clever. There's one super thing yes. that I love and then we'll try to <laughs> navigate around, not spoiling everything for anybody that hasn't maybe seen the movie. Right. But so, yeah. So th- the rules are really specific. Did I miss any other rules that he couldn't do? Um, the no, ones, right?
1: you were able, to, you know, you're able to rent things. You're able to hire as many people as you'd like. Right. Uh, you can take people to dinner things like that, but he couldn't, uh, like he, as, as his uncle says, you can't buy the hope diamond for some bimbo, you know? So right. <laughs> you exactly. have to, exactly. there's certain things he can't do. So, so, you know, buying a huge piece of jewelry and giving it to someone that would fall under, under like probably under the charity type thing, but not quite. It has to be a a charitable organization. So it was very well done. They they really covered all their bases. Um and, and even to the effect where the the one item that you were talking about, the $1.2 million item that you think mm, that could be destruction, but it really yeah. isn't because that's what it was intended to be used for. Exactly. So. Yeah, you know
0: exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. That's yep. and I know I was I was debating whether to talk because that's it's probably one of my favorite <laughs> workarounds the in the movie. That is the best one, so we may keep that one quiet because that's really a good one. (laughs) So I'm going to run through the cast real quick. Richard Pryor plays Montgomery Brewster, John Candy, Spike Nolan, Lynette McKee, Angela Drake, Stephen Collins, as I stated, Warren Cox, Jerry Orbach. As Cherry, uh, as Charlie Pegler, the manager of the baseball team, so to Correct. set everything up. So once he gets this offer, two things happen. So Pat Hingle, the great character actor, is Edward Wanfield, the executor of his great uncle's estate. So Correct. he's monitoring the situation. He's saying, "This is this are the rules. At the end of the thirty days, we'll see what happens. Either you're going to get this done, or you don't, and you get nothing." And, and he's
1: completely the thing I like about. And sorry to interject, but I no, think the thing I like about Pat Hingle's character is that he is a complete as he says i am a completely neutral observer so he's there really observing but if but as you watch the movie you catch a couple of moments where he kind of gives monty a few little tips where it's like he doesn't really tell him don't do this or do that but he gives him just enough to kind of nudge him in the right direction um so, so his character really is a cool um uh, just a cool pop in every so often, and he's like refreshing because it's like, oh, Monty has somebody on his side, you know?
0: Yeah, and that's a good point too. Like I said, Pat Hingle, great actor. He's probably mm-hmm. best known from the eighties. He was in the nineteen eighty nine Batman uh, yep. as um as Commissioner Gordon. But, Commissioner um, Gordon, Yep. yep so a great actor. No, and you're right. That's a good point too. Because as the movie progresses, and I think it's funny when I rewatched the movie, I, I kind of forgot too. It, it's a comedy too, but you really mm-hmm. feel for Montgomery. He, he mm-hmm. he's you know, because the other, all oh, the other rule, which is the is a rule really that really trips him up more than anything else, is that he can't tell anybody. What can't he's tell doing. anyone, and yep. he can't tell anybody why he's doing what he's doing. So, Lynette McKee, Everybody playing thinks Angela, he's nuts. Everybody <laughs> thinks he's crazy. So the the accountant played by Lynette McKee, Angela Drake. So obviously she's she's putting two people are put into place. So obviously she, the the executor, and then she's going to be with him all the time to really just keep track of his spending, keep track of the receipts to make sure that he yeah. does everything he needs to do to get rid of all the money. So she's with him the entire movie. And of course she sees what he's doing and, and, and sees it as a big waste. And, and mm-hmm. of course, you know, spike, his friend is like, what are you doing? You yeah. know, there's a, there's a great scene. This one I will give away. Cause this is funny. There's a great scene when, uh, spike, uh, they bring in a financial advisor when it seems like they think Montgomery <laughs> is crazy. And yes. he, you know, invests in some things. And, and there's a scene where he makes him $10 million. And this is where Richard Pryor is a great actor there is the reaction to being told by spike that, Hey, I just made you $10 million. You, you would have thought he told him that his whole family was murdered. just killed. He, Yeah. Yeah. He just basically almost has a, he has a meltdown. He goes, I it did He goes, I can't believe you. he goes, you I have to start over. Like you yeah. could just see the complete dejection. And that's probably in the middle of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can see just how, how it's wearing on him and how, yeah. you know, he's trying to navigate, you know, spending this money, not having any assets, uh, not telling yeah. anybody, even though he wants to, it's just, it was, there's more of a dramatic undercurrent there than I actually remember from watching yeah. it when I was a kid. Cause I was a kid when I saw it the last time. Cause I, I think oh. I've seen it only seen it in the movies and not since then, oh, which wow. is why when you brought it up, I was like, Oh my God, I forgot about that movie. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and, and you can see him, you know, trying to do the right thing and trying to Get this money spent, and mm-hmm. and 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 the other thing I loved about it too is is he was still trying to live his dream. He was trying to, you know, he he sets up one of the things to spend a lot of money is he gets a, a charity game with the New York Yankees, mm-hmm. and uh, it's an opportunity. I mean, he's trying to do that, but he's 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 thoughtful of his friends, even though yeah. he's trying to spend this money. He wants to give them a chance to be seen, to play a big mm-hmm. league team, to kind of do all that stuff, and and it's just it's a well done and it's funny. And uh, I mean, look, I'm a huge fan of Richard Pryor anyway. Uh, and, and he's, you know, even, you know, it's, he's great in everything. I love him. So he's great in this movie. Like you said, it, it's a, it's a family or family friendly, Richard Pryor mm-hmm. uh, movie. The, the thing that makes me laugh though. Cause when I see, when I watch like Ghostbusters or, or even Goonies, uh, when mm-hmm. I watch with Ethan, I forget how much they get away with in PG movies and, and oh, I, it, yeah. I mean, Bruce <clears throat> is, I mean, you can watch it with your family, but there is some scenes in there. There's like, I'm few. like, oh, yeah. like, oh, that's a PG-13 <laughs> easy now. Like, that's, yeah. and it's mostly, like, sexual stuff. It's not, like, mm-hmm. violence or or even profanity, per se. It's just, like, the themes that they throw in there. I'm like, whoa, this is a PG movie? Yeah. <laughs> and I Because there was no PG-13 yet. So it was, yeah. uh, they kind of just kind of threw some of the more risque stuff in there. But, again, I agree with you. It's nothing terrible, nothing crazy. No, no, no. No, not yeah. This is
1: it, this is totally a movie you could sit down with Ethan and watch it, and he would probably giggle. And some of the th- stuff is going to fly right over his head; he's not going right. to understand. But uh, right. but yeah, no. Now rolling back, just just kind of going back to with the rules with the the yeah. uh, great uncle um, passing. Uh, for anybody who's unsure or, or kind of wanting to know, so so what happened is the great uncle has three hundred million dollars to give Monty
0: right yes thank you yeah
1: monty has been failing in his life he's a failed baseball player he's he's a good pitcher but you know he doesn't have a career he doesn't have any assets nothing so he's a disappointment to his great uncle uh rupert horn so his great uncle decides and and Monty doesn't even know who this guy is or that he exists so so what uh uncle horn wants or uncle rupert wants is he wants monty to hate spending money before he gives him 300 million dollars because he knows if i give this kid 300 million or this guy 300 million dollars he's gonna blow through it like nothing So, so that's the gist of it. And the reason that he wants to do that is because he tells a story about when he was a kid and he got caught with a cigar. So his dad locked him in the closet for three days with cigars and made him smoke them all so that he hated cigars. So this was where it came out with this money thing. So that's where the money was is, okay, you've got $300 million I'm about to give you. I want you to hate the side of money. I want you to hate it so much that that you just it makes you sick, so you're gonna not blow through all this money I'm giving you. So so that's kind of where that came from.
0: Which and I'm good. glad. Yeah, thank you for bringing it up. I forgot the important part of the three hundred million. Thank you for mm-hmm. adding that. Let me ask you a question though, and this is a character motivation. Sure. Do you think that he wanted money to get that money, or do you think it was a kind of I don't think you're gonna be able to do it, and I'm just gonna have fun. You know, I, even though I'm dead, I'm I'm gonna make it tough for you, and you're not gonna do it. Do you think he really? Was trying to teach him a lesson because he wanted him to have the money. What mm-hmm. do you think? You think so? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I do. I think I think that it was. I think the underlying current there was that he knows that Monty just blows everything he ever gets. So he knows that Monty can blow through $30 million. I can blow through $30 million. Let me tell you something. I can blow through $30 million <laughs> like that. No questions asked. You know me, Frank. Yeah. Um, But. He wanted to make it super hard, which is adding in all those extra layers. So you can't tell anybody, you can't have any assets, you can't destroy something because let's be real. I I could easily go and buy a, you know, a, 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 a dozen Rolex watches and blow through $10 million right there and boom and smash them up and break them up. And now they're worth nothing, you know? So, so it's, you know, so yeah, I, I do. I think he wanted him to win that money. I think he wanted him to have the money. I just think he wanted him to have the money so he could continue to pass it on to the next generation so that the money is actually there for, to take care of the future, which is why anybody would build an empire, if you will. You right. know, if, if you're going to build an empire, you want it to pass on to your family. So I, I do. I think he wanted it, um, but I think he made it so hard that eh, if he doesn't, what have I lost? You know,
0: right. Because the, and the other part of the screenplay, too, which is where the tension comes in as well, which, of course, Monty doesn't know mm-hmm. is if he fails. So two things happen one, he gets nothing mm-hmm. and two, the accounting firm that's responsible for the money would get it and then they were supposed to disperse it among charities and then collect a right. fee for themselves. So obviously as the movie progresses. We find out their their intentions the are not that pure. Exactly, they're the antagonists yeah. of the film. So that's yeah. the other major part that uh, obviously Montgomery doesn't know, and right. the audience is kind of let in on, and then of course they find out towards the end of the movie. But no, I, yeah, I think you're right. I think he probably intended for him to have it. I think that's a good explanation of it. And uh, and I was looking at I know the screenplay was written by uh, the same people that wrote Trading Places, which is another classic yep. 80s film, the uh, Dan Aykroyd. Eddie Murphy film director by John Landis. That's a great movie too. Let me stop here real quick. So we are live now, um, me and Mike on the YouTube channel. Let me bend your ear podcast, the Facebook page. Let me bend your ear on my Twitter at bend your ear pod. So you can watch live right now. I have the link posted in the uh, chat area. So if you want to come on the show, interrupt us at any point, we're going to interrupt each other, interrupt us. (laughs) If you want to talk about Brewster's millions, talk about Richard Pryor, talk about something else that's going on in movies, Feel free. Feel free to come on. Last week's episode, we had our first live guest, so that was awesome. So if you want to jump on, if you want to come on on camera, you can. If you want to come on audio only, whatever you want to do, whatever you're comfortable with, we're good with it. We can do it either way. Or if you want to just talk in the chat, I'll see it. If you have a question, I'll answer it live. So feel free to come on. I'm inviting anybody that wants to come on. All right, so let's continue. So tell me some of your favorite. Actually, before I I let you go, there is one scene I'm going to spoil because it's kind of similar. One of my favorite things he did was and it was it was told via a news report where he uh-huh. went and bought all these bottles of wine, yeah, French wine, yeah, and uh, so of course, that, I think it
1: was two hundred dollars a bottle. Two hundred, I think it's one expensive hangover, right? Said. So the
0: thing that was great though, because like I said, he's like, oh, why did you do that? Wine has value, yeah. So it's like art. So what does he do? Then he has a very, then he has everybody drink, drink. the wine, drink. which is there's nothing wrong with that. You're not destroying yep. it. You're using it for what it's supposed to be used for, and now exactly. it's gone. So just one of the clever things, and that's one of the 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 a lot of the fun of the movie to see how he navigates. Cleverly trying to get this money spent, so that's yep. a, that, that. I love that one. But anyway, tell me some of your favorite stuff in the movie. Oh,
1: it's. I, I mean, it's it, honestly the everything about the movie. It's. You, I. I just from start to finish. Um, I love that, uh, and and again, not to give too much away or any kind of spoilers, but um, I love that his uh, interests start to fall on Angela his, the, uh, the, um, accountant who is assigned to him now, now everyone in his inner circle, um, is assigned to him. So he's assigned with, with her, with Angela, she's from the, uh, from Granville and Baxter, who is the attorney's office, who is actually in charge of the money. So she is assigned to him. She's a paralegal. So she's assigned to him now. He has interest in her because of course she's beautiful and all this stuff. But she thinks he's a jerk. You know, right. f- she thinks he's just this money-wasting guy. So I-, I love their dynamic where you know he's flirting with her, but then as she keeps resisting, he starts kind of like dogging on her every once in a while. Right. When you know, when he's like in a aggressive your bedtime, <laughs> and yeah, and he's like, Don't you have to fly home? <laughs> you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like I
1: that kind of stuff. So so that was hysterical. Like when when he gets in on her on that. Um and I love the the whole intricacy of the storyline and how you have her fiance Warren who also works for Granville and Baxter he meets Warren and then hires Warren to be his decorator which is a funny
0: subplot too with with Warren we'll get to him in a minute yeah
1: yeah hysterical but you know how intricate all of the plot line is and so many twists and turns it really is very intricately written Um, and, and, uh, and I would, I would roll that back to the screenplay because the, you know, the screenplay was written by, like you said, just before that, two years before that trading places, the two guys who wrote the screenplay for trading places, trading places was a phenomenal movie as far as the twists and the turns and all of the intricacies of the plot line.
0: And a movie um, about class, too, because, you know, obviously yeah. they trade the rich guy trades with the poor guy. This yep. is slightly different, but I mean, there's money involved and the effect of money. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a similar themes in both those movies.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So so uh, so those were a few of the things that I loved. Um, I, I loved watching Richard Pryor. Um, like you said, when he had his meltdown, when he would make money uh, and and just the chaos that he would bring. Um, because it's like, you know, think about it. If you inherited $30 million, because that's what happens is, is he takes the $30 million. He, so everyone knows he won. He just inherited $30 million, yep. not 300 million. And then no one knows about the 300. So all this chaos ensues. You've got Reporters and people, gaggles of people standing like right after he gets the money, and they're standing out front. He's like, "Does anybody want to go to lunch?" And yeah, this crowd of like a hundred people standing there, and he's like, "Let's all go to lunch." And then they go to like Chez Jacques or something like that, and they're right. in there, and and that's when he was like, you know, he he asked the the waiter, he's like, "Y'all like Lafique, which is like some you know two hundred dollar bottle of wine?" <laughs> <And> he said, <laughs> "We want bottles of Lafique for everybody, you know." And so, you know, it's just the chaos that he created um and then try and you know later on when he, he's like oh we're going to create businesses and i want to talk to everybody with businesses and just all of that stuff which was one of the funnier parts too with with rick moranis because yes got,
0: rick moranis cameo yes
1: yet that's rick
0: moranis i forgot he was in the beard movie. Yet. and the
1: mustache and yeah Yeah, with the mimic, I'm the mimic. And, you know, and he's sitting there talking after everything. But, you know, so there's a lot of, and all the really awesome actors and actresses that you roll across where you're like, man, I I forgot they were in this movie. And, you, you know, and it's, Familiarity—that's um, the other thing. Anybody who's a movie nut, anybody who loves great movies, you're gonna—you're gonna see all of these characters that you're like, oh wow, I, I know them from this movie or I know them from that movie, and and it just it really—it's exciting. It's fun to watch, and and it is. It's an exciting movie. Um, it has a love story undertone to it a little bit, kind of um you know it's got deviousness it's got you know fun character you know everything it's it's hysterical and then of course you got john candy you know john candy is just he's just a genius um absolutely hysterical and you know he he typically plays himself which he's himself in pretty much every movie you've ever watched um but he's that's just him it's john candy and he brings such a great character spike is such a great character being his best buddy and trying to level him down and keep him focused and try like you said trying to make him some money and the financial advisor uh, that was another really funny part I loved with the financial advisor when he walks in yeah. with the financial advisor <laughs> and he's and he's like oh I only take you know three percent of whatever you make and blah 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 and he's telling Monty and Monty goes you're hired yeah. and he goes no 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 I, I only take a percentage of what you make and and then you have spike standing behind him patting him on the back and he goes I'm gonna pay you a hundred thousand dollars a week and he's like I'll make an exception this time. He's like, Of course you are. Welcome to the team.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's a great. Yeah, that's some of the, that's one of the repeated lines of the movie that makes me laugh when he's retaining somebody for services. And the, yeah, the financial advisor scene is great because he's like, I'll pay you $100,000 a week plus the 15% that you're looking for. He's like, Well, no, no. I, I," he's like, Yes, that's, that's the job. Do you want it or not? That's the job. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I'll, like I said, when when he, even at the very beginning, when he first finds out about my, one of my, one of the funniest parts when he goes right to the security guard. Oh, yeah. And he goes, how much How do you much make? You now? make? He, uh, about three fifty a week after taxes. I'll pay you two thousand dollars a week, and if you can round up twenty other guys, let's go. We're yeah. gonna get, get. I mean, it's just it's. Yeah, he all hires them like crazy. He's just hiring people like crazy, buying stuff yeah. like crazy, and it's like you said, it's a, it's a fun, fun movie. And like I said, um, Warren, to get into Stephen Collins a little bit, so that whole thing is just wacky. Anyway, so, so of course he's a he's a <laughs> he's an attorney, but he's he apparently has this very passionate desire to be an interior decorator, which is yeah. just very funny. And, you know, of course he hires him to be the, to do the interior design along with, I think it's a sister, right? His sister's the interior designer. No, right?
1: his ex uh, ex wife. Ex-wife. Right. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Thank Marilyn. you.
0: So, Marilyn. So his ex wife. So then he's like passionate about it. And he's like, it's, it's, it's so his, his character is odd. Like it, it's, it's very- which I like though. It's not the normal, I mean, he's kind of, he's, he's, he gets set up towards the third act of the movie as kind of the bad guy because he makes a decision, Mm -hmm. but he's really not throughout the movie. He's kind of just a goofy guy that wants to do, you know, until, you know, that turn, uh, Mm -hmm. at the third act, but it, he's funny in it. It's just, it's funny to see him and her. And cause the only thing that made me laugh, this is the only thing that I, when I watched the movie again, and again, you see Richard Pryor. So this movie came out in 1985. Right. So Richard Pryor, and I don't, I, I think he was born in 44. He would have been like in his mid 40s when he made this movie. Right. So I'm thinking, mm, you're a little old to be even a minor league pitcher for a long time. I'm like, dude, <laughs> yeah. that's the only thing that kind of made me laugh at that. Cause I'm like, mm, okay. Yeah. But then again, you, you yeah. Yeah, you're yeah, mid 40s, dude. Most dudes are like, <laughs> they're not in it. I mean, you can go to Bull Durham, which is another movie about an older, uh, right. minor league player, which is another great movie. But, but yeah, but that was the only thing that, I'm, that I that kind of made me made me chuckle. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. but I will say this: there's a couple of seasons of him they show him throwing. I don't know if it's editing. He does he does a, a, a credible job of yeah. making you think he's a Pitching. pitcher. Yeah. So I don't know if he worked on that or I mean it's not that bad. And and so mm-hmm. but anyway, that's a minor point. Quiblo is just funny. Yeah. But yeah, this is a this movie is and I'm like I said I'm glad you suggested it because I literally had forgotten about it and mm-hmm. uh, it's a fun and a lot of these 80s movies are like this though it's a lot of is it the best Richard Pryor movie ever no is it one of the best movies you'll ever see no but it's fun and it's, it's funny fun yeah it's it's just a fun movie and like i said I, and i do give like i said i think the screenplay is really well done and i think the story is good and i think that's what keeps you interested throughout the entire movie like you you really start to get invested and that's the key to any movie you're invested in the fact is man is he going to be able to pull this off yeah and 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 you're not sure i don't think i don't think it's ever Clear that he's going to pull it off.
1: Yeah, like it, it's like, kind of it's kind of one of those movies that uh, for me at least. But it's it's one of those movies that I can pop on and watch. Yeah, and and I can watch it. I and if uh, it's um, a lot of people will relate to this clueless. It's like, yeah. for me, it's like clueless. It doesn't matter when it's on legally blind, same thing. If it's on and it's in the background, if I'm folding laundry or whatever, I'll have it, I, I, I won't turn it off. It's on, I'm playing it, whatever. But, and, and then it's one of those movies that I've seen it. I've li- no joke. I've seen this movie. God, when, when I was a kid going through high school, I probably saw this movie, I don't know, two dozen times. Right. And, and since then, um, you know, as young as I am since then, yeah.
0: I, I know, I've late twenties, I know. Know. I know, late,
1: late twenties, don't let the <laughs> you saw when 20s. you were, you
0: saw when you were three years old. I know
1: exactly. <laughs> you know, this movie came out five years before I was born. Exactly. Um, so no, but you know, it's one of those movies that I've, I've honestly seen this movie probably easily. This is one of my probably 50 timers. Um, yeah. I've got some movies that I've seen, uh, you know, 75, a hundred times, and it, that's not a lie. That's not serious. Oh, you don't um, tell me. Fletch, yeah. is my movie
0: from the eighties. I oh can, I can, I can recite the entire screenplay of Fletch. They're right doing now. A part three. Yeah, I know. Uh, Fletch uh, confess. Fletch with uh, John Hamm from Mad Men. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know. I mean, I love him as an actor, and we'll see. Uh, uh, we'll see. It's just like I said. Fletch is. I've seen Fletch hundreds of times. Yeah, like I said, I reviewed it on the podcast a couple of months ago, and 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 I watched it again. It still holds up. It's yeah. still my favorite Chevy Chase movie. I know people will argue with me about that and he's done other it's great a, movies. Great it's, it's it's, a great movie it's great that's my chevy chase movie fletch yeah. it, there's yeah. no i love vacation uh funny farm which is an underrated movie mm-hmm. uh he's great in, but it's fletch for me the first fletch is always going to be the best it, yeah. i think to me it perfectly captured his brand of humor like his yeah. sarcasm and all that stuff kind of like ghostbusters did with bill murray yes that was like that was like the perfect bill murray vehicle Yeah, Uh, for me. So same thing with Fletch. And I've seen it like with you. Like I said, I can recite that entire
1: movie. Uh,
0: I've seen it so many times. Yeah. So no, I I understand what you're saying. And like I said, and I'm glad I got to revisit Boosters millions because like I said, it's a movie I'd forgotten about. Mm -hmm. But when I was watching it, I remember how much I enjoyed it. And I remember, like I said, you you're invested in him being able to pull this off. You're obviously rooting for him to pull it off. And mm-hmm. uh, you know when things start to happen towards the end of it, where they're or it's trying to sabotage his ability to do it, yeah. you're like, oh, it, it's great. It's it does what all really good fun movies do. And like I said, I think it's it's one that I think a lot of people don't know about, to be honest with you, unless mm-hmm. you're an '80s buff. Yeah. So like I said, and I'm a hardcore '80s movie. Like I said, you had to remind me of it. I had I had forgotten about it. And and it's, it's one a good of those one.
1: hidden. It's one of those hidden classics. That yeah until you see it until you've seen it you don't know how good of a movie it is and the other the other part that's really exciting with this movie is is that you it makes you think it really makes well, you think what you're like what would I do? How in the hell would I pull this off? Would I do it that way? Would I do it this way? Would I, uh, and you really do, you start putting yourself in his position. And and so, so that's where a lot of that you start to feel for him yeah. when it's like, when, when he has that breakdown and, you know, and like uh, the one part where, where he um, was sitting there and he wanted to place bets. So he placed bets on, it's like 50 <laughs> of the long shots that are on for the weekend. And then oh does like fifty thousand dollars on loyola to win in field hockey over over um
0: <laughs> notre dame notre
1: dame yeah and then and then a couple minutes later the scene in the different scene where the the bookie comes back and he's like 51 you just won cool million five brother you ain't doing he's like you won't ever lay a bet in this town ever again it's hilarious like, oh, it's oh a great God. payoff
0: scene yeah they, they, of course all the long shots come in so yeah <laughs> he can't catch a break like he everyone's genius he's like oh every long shot bet them all i get five thousand dollars on each one you're thinking that's easy money to lose because he's allowed to gamble that percentage and then and then he wins all the
1: yeah i mean seriously and then and then of course having warren you know doing the redecorating and they're redecorating the and so then warren hires his ex-wife to help him do the decorating right and then and so and every time they open up the room and it's like this first time it's like this really nicely decorated room and he's like marilyn I want to tell my, I want to say to myself, I want to die. I want to die this in this room. room. <laughs> and, and so then, you know, and then they go off and then, so every once in a while, they'll come back and revisit the decorating because they're spending massive money redecorating Right. in a hotel. Like they're, they're renting a hotel and they're redecorating a hotel temporary. So, you know, and then they come in and it's like this modern fantasy and it's all the people are like, you know, doing all this like artsy fartsy, like ballet dancing and stuff and he's like double the workers salaries they look
0: tired they look tired or my other and and I'm gonna we're gonna spoil I don't care my other favorite scene late in the movie or in the middle of the movie where he takes uh, he takes her out to lunch and he got this new car and she's like I can't this is ridiculous yeah so yeah so she's you know she's driving and then boom you hear this rear-end accident so and actually the guy that if you know the guy that comes out of the car is Conrad Bain from Mork and Mindy another character actor uh, so he's like, "I am so sorry. I, I didn't mean to hit you. Uh, here's my license. Here's my information." And then you're he feels he, re, yeah, and it, you're in shock. So he, but then he realizes that it's it's Montgomery Brewster. So, mm-hmm. so he's like, Oh, I, 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 my arm hurts and, like and my legs. Two X <laughs> <wives>. <laughs> so he's like, Oh, this guy's, so of course yeah, Montgomery. And of course she's looking at him like, he's insane. Yeah. It, it's like, look, Oh, this guy's, this guy's got some trauma. We would yeah. go here, here, and then negotiate a hundred thousand dollar check. check
1: here, this is the, this the, is the prescription. <laughs> Take this to the, to the drug store <laughs> and tell them this is your prescription. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that that was that scene I had forgotten about because I'm like oh my yeah. god this is because it's and this is why it's good like you said for the love story part of it yeah. it, it, it does two things one it's funny and mm-hmm. then two it just really puts him in the worst position with her like she's already thinking he's oh, a yeah. he's an imbecile and he's a waste of money and he's just not a good person so yeah. she sees this and she's like oh my god i can't even with this guy anymore like mm-hmm. i can't even with this guy so well, you have this
1: you have this serious humanitarian who's like you know she's all about giving back and yeah. helping people and then you got this guy who's got 30 million dollars and she's in charge of tracking every cent he spends and she's watching him blow through money like it's water yeah you know so yeah it's it's hysterical
0: yeah it's great and like you said and i think it's good and not even so much a sport. spoiler like i said i think it adds the the as if he didn't need any more tension. it just adds another level of tension because like you said because he likes her a lot yeah and you know and he tries to and you know you see several scenes in the movie where he's like you know i can't you know things are going to be different and he's, he's he's trying to tell her without telling her because obviously that would blow everything mm-hmm. uh and it's crazy all right, let me stop real quick. So again, um, if you want to come on live, talk to me and Mike about Brewster's Millions or any other movies, come on. The link is in the chat room, so you can see it there. You just click on. It's browser-based. Uh, it's simple. You click on, put your name in. I see you. You come on. It's that. Nothing you have to add. It's all browser-based, so feel free to come on. Again, we're talking Brewster's Millions, 1985 film directed by Walter Hill and starring John Candy and Richard Pryor. Um, even if
1: it's, even if it's questions that you haven't seen the movie and you have yeah. more information, I mean, you yep. know, not that you yep. can't get any more information. I mean, we're kind of giving you the whole movie, but yeah, listen, yeah. this movie is from 1985. And if you haven't seen this movie since by then, by right. now, that's true. The spoiler, the spoiler, spoiler rule in spoiler. effect. Right.
0: So yeah. like I said, we're we, you, I think Mike and I agree. We're going to leave the bet, which we think is that's the best gag of. in the movie out of this show because it is. Because I remember, I, that's one of the few things I remember from seeing this movie back in 1985. Like that specific uh, mm-hmm. gag, I remember. And mm. so seeing it again was even just, it was great because the payoff at the end of that gag is fantastic.
1: Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Cause
0: yeah, he, he yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. So we'll, we'll definitely yeah. won't spoil that. But again, yeah, it's an 80s What's movie. It? And you know, What's if you haven't it? seen it by now,
1: wasn't um so george granville from granville and baxter he wasn't wasn't he um
0: oh i was I waiting can... for you to say it yeah i was always bewitched forget. right he was, he was the boss yes. from bewitched thank boss you for bringing bewitched. that up i was I gonna forget thank you yes uh actually i've got the cast here give me one second um which yeah it's um yeah, david, david white. white he played george oh yeah george granville in the movie i forgot his character's name on bewitched but you're absolutely correct yeah. when i saw this movie in the movies because i was a you know i grew up you know at the same time so obviously the shows that were in syndication when I was a kid were the shows from the 60s, so 20 years previous uh-huh. in the 80s. So, yeah, Bewitched, I Dream of Jeannie, Gilligan's Island, yep. uh, The Monkees, all that stuff, all the stuff in the 60s, the original Batman TV series. But again, yeah, I saw him like, oh, my God, that's a dude from Bewitched. Yeah. And uh, he's in it playing, you know, an a-hole. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. which is great, which I love that, though. That's cool that, that you know, it, you know, because he was kind of a-holish and Bewitched, if we we're really being honest. <laughs> yeah,
1: he was. <laughs> he wasn't he that was far off
0: uh, character. So, yeah. yeah, like you said, actors like that, it's cool, because it's. I always think of when I see that, like, I always go to My Cousin Vinny and Fred Gwynn, um, you know, who's fantastic as the judge, you know, mm-hmm, from, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, everyone knows him Munster, but he's great in, in My Cousin Vinny. Yep, fantastic in that. But, yeah, it, it, like I said, it, it's a fun movie. If you're looking for, for an hour and a half of just, turning your mind off and enjoying a movie that's what great movies do it's fun it's fun Mm -hmm. and and that's why you know i've been on an 80s kick not not intentionally but i've been reviewing 80s movies pretty much the last two months straight on the podcast Mm -hmm. and because one i i can there's a lot of them i know off the top of my head so i can pop on to a show because i know everything about the movie but it's been fun to revisit these movies you know i've done fletch and raiders of the lost ark and and um and and manhunter the the hannibal first hannibal lecter movie Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is a, which is a great one, Michael. Mann. um, but yeah. yeah, but like I said, that's why I'm glad to do this one. And and I did Gremlins the uh, the week before, but <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know what? I'm gonna just, let me talk about Gremlins real quick with you, mm-hmm. since I did the show solo. We had our guest. Mm-hmm. The thing I hadn't seen Gremlins in a long time, and I actually watched it with Ethan because Ethan actually wanted to watch a scary movie. So obviously mm-hmm. we're not gonna show him a slasher movie. Right? I'm like, well, what would be a good one? Oh, Gremlins. You'll like Gremlins. Right. two things that I noticed about the movie it's still first of all it takes a while to get going yeah. like Ethan got bored like yeah. the first 45 minutes not a lot happens but which is fine got a lot of build up a lot of build up but, but when it gets going it's fantastic but uh-huh. this the second thing that I noticed and people on Twitter actually commented but I want to get your thoughts on it and I had forgotten maybe you remember Phoebe Cates' character there's two scenes that she has I'll go f- to the later scene where she talks about you know she says she hates Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then she tells Zach Gallagher's character why she hates Christmas. That's goddamn horrific. Do you remember what she said to him?
1: I don't. I don't. It's I'm going to so, tell you. I didn't. Several years. This is going to be a spoiler for people that, you know, if you haven't seen Grandma's. Wasn't it her? She, oh, no. It was her Her uncle or somebody who had her, come in the chimney. Her dad. And broke his neck. Yeah, broke, and broke his, his neck. His and dad they was it dressed
0: was, as Santa. Yes. Came down yeah. the chimney and <laughs> broke his neck and died. That's why she hates Christmas. Which, yeah. by the way, I can understand her. i like, would make me hate. Christmas I'm like, too. wait a minute, what, what, why? And then I read that when I was doing research on it. Uh, apparently, because Steven Spielberg executive produced Gremlins, right. and he pushed back on that. He didn't want that in the movie. He's really? like, "Yeek, that's a little bit dark, isn't it?" Like, I know this is a horror comedy, but that's a way dark. And Joe Dante pushed back. He's like, "Look, this is part of the theme of the movie." And out of respect for Dante, Spielberg laid off. But he did not want that in the movie. The second scene, which happens first, though, they're walking down the street and uh, he's walking her home and they're talking about Christmas and he's excited about Christmas. So this is what Debbie Downer says in this scene. She goes, Debbie she Donner. goes, you know, yes, you know, I don't know if you know this or not. You know, a lot of people get depressed around the holidays, which that part of the line is fine. That That's true. A lot of people suffer depression. They're lonely. Right. Totally, totally great. But then she adds this is the, the line. She goes, this is a quote. She goes. A lot of people are opening while well, a lot of people are opening their presents, other people are opening their wrist. I'm wow. like, wow, I'm like, oh, uh, okay, <laughs> thanks. Ethan's
1: like, thank god, Ethan
0: wasn't, yeah, like, he hey, wasn't paying attention, wrist at. yeah, exactly. Thank god, he was bored. I, he didn't even <laughs> catch that. I mean, had I known that, I probably wouldn't. That's first of all, I'm like, that's very that's, macabre. That is, I mean, look, and, and if this is an R rated, scary, like, say whatever right. you want, I don't care. But I was like, damn. And I don't and I didn't remember that. I didn't, because like I said, mm-hmm. Gremlins was another movie I saw back in the movies and saw yeah. it maybe once after. So I haven't seen it in probably 20 years at least. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, wow. And then some people on Twitter are like, yeah, that's dark for a kid's movie. And then I'm like, I know it's not really technically a kid's movie, but I mean, man, I was like, Jesus, that's brutal. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I, what I remember the most about, because when we saw that in theaters when I was yeah, a kid. Yeah, so did I, yeah. And uh and the funniest result came from that, which was no joke. My mom would not go anywhere in the house unless the lights were on for months. Right. I mean, wow. for like six months, she, she cause at the house we lived in when I was a kid, it had the, um, laundry was in the garage and like she would she'd be going from one room to the next and you'd see her hand come from oh my god That's ridiculous click on the light and then That's come in the funny. room
0: oh yeah she was a, it scared the hell out of her well it's like so, uh like jaws my uh, my yeah. late aunt um saw so i was i didn't see jaws in the movies i saw it later on uh, on video but she saw and she told me the story and i was she saw it in the movies when it came out mm-hmm. and yeah she would not i think for the rest of her life pretty much she would not go in the water
1: yeah like yeah, she, we would go to the a lot beach. Of
0: yeah, it, it it scarred her. She would not. <laughs> and I mean, we lived in Florida, and she would not. She's like, I don't give a damn. I'm not going <laughs> in the water. Did you <laughs> hey. see that movie? I'm like, okay, I understand. There's sharks in the water. I get it. Yeah, I get it. And no, and that's what great scary movies do. So yeah, it, it's uh, it's yeah, Brewster's Millions. Going back to that, I digress. Yeah. Going back to Brewster's Millions, uh, I highly recommend it. It's a fun '80s movie. Uh, if I gave it a quick Van Gogh review, I'd give it four Van Goghs out of five. Uh, yeah. I think it's a really good movie. Uh, I think it's a fun movie. I think the screenplay is clever. I think the actors are yeah. great, and like I said, not just the leads. There's there's great character actors in the movie. Uh, it still holds jer- up too. Holds like up. I said,
1: it it holds up in t- you know through time. You know, and and it's not like um, early was it early mid '90s. The net with uh with uh sandra bullock
0: yes Remember the one, of my wa- one of my wife's you favorite know. movies actually you go
1: back and watch the net and it ordering a pizza holds up yeah she orders a pizza yeah you know it kind of holds up but it's like eh, technology is so it made that movie kind of outdated but it's super cool um but this one even with it being older it's like it still holds up because it's not a techie type of of show or movie and it's you know it's more focused around the the relationships and and the deviousness and and you know so on and so forth but ultimately when you look at um the reality of it 30 million dollars to spend in 30 days that's a lot of damn money even today you know and and to inherit 300 million dollars 300 million dollars is a lot of money um, even today, so uh, you know, and even even the you know the Wimp Prize, which was a million bucks, you know, how many people would go? You know what? I don't want to. I don't want to deal with thirty million dollars and try to spend all this money. I just take that million dollars and uh, I'm out. Bye. You yeah. know, um me personally, I wouldn't. I'd be like, listen, thirty million dollars, and my friends already think I'm nuts, so I, I'll spend thirty million dollars in thirty days. I don't care.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a great, like I said, all good movies have like you said, I think a, a premise where you when you start to go, what would I do in that situation or you yeah. know that's and that's the, another way you get engaged in the movie. so like mm-hmm. if you go. Like you said, if the premise was, oh, that's ridiculous. I, yeah. I don't even that doesn't even make sense to me. Then you're you're already out. But uh, like uh-huh. I said, I think that premise is in any movie. A lot of these movies that that deal with coming into money or a lot of money. um, I think obviously it's fascinating to people anyway because most of us don't are not rich. We don't have a lot of money, so yeah. we, we always wonder what it would be. Well, look, we all wonder what it would be like to have a lot of money or what we would do if we did have the money. Uh, so everybody, that's why everybody loves the lottery shows or look, even if you go back to the eighties, what was one of the most popular shows? Lifestyles of the rich and famous with our boy Robin mm-hmm. Leach. I mean, we were all fascinated, and you know, mm-hmm. MTV created, we're fascinated with how the other half lives and, and what it's like to be wealthy and what you would do with that wealth if you had it. Oh, so yeah. I think it's definitely, it taps into a lot of those themes, uh, for, for moviegoers. So I think, yeah, and it's, and it does a great job. It's a great movie. I'm glad you recommended it. Uh, yeah. it was, it was fun to rewatch it. So again, this is the last chance. If you want to come on live or chat in the chat, let me know. We're going to wrap it up here in a couple of minutes. Uh, again, we're talking about uh, Brewster's millions with uh, Richard Pryor, John Candy, directed by Walter Hill uh, released in 1985. Any uh, last thoughts on uh, Brewster's millions, anything we didn't talk about that you want to bring up, Mike?
1: I, you know, it's uh, like I said, it, and it's, it's one of my favorites. Uh, anytime I want to watch it, it's, it's just always fun to watch, but I will say there were two little, there's two little pieces of the movie that, um, that from f- back from when I even first started watching it, but there's two little spots in the movie where I'm like, it kind of you know, you know how it is, Frank. you I there's know. that always that one little you're like, oh, come on, they messed up there.
0: Oh tell me, hit me with it. So the
1: first one which bugged me it and it always has bugged me, is when they first are in the hotel, and Marilyn and um uh what's his name are are um, they're redecorating it's the first time they start redecorating with warren and, and yeah with warren mm-hmm. and all the chaos is going on and he's like leaning out in between like a little area and he's got the little fabric swatch you yes. know and he's holding it on the wall and then and he says she says a little more to the left and he goes to your left, left or, or my left
0: oh, i know because they're both facing the same way
1: they're facing the same way Oh, yes i saw that, I that too. always driven me nuts i saw that know? yeah And and I know what happened there in that scene. I will guarantee you what happened there was, is that they were, in order to make the shot work from the perspective and the angle they were in, Mm -hmm. they had to have him move or her move to be in the same area, right? Um, otherwise, it wouldn't have made sense. So, but they kept the line the same, and it always drove that. Has I noticed always that
0: because because um, I almost missed it because he's like, "Oh, you left or my left?" When she goes, they're always the, the designers left. I'm like, "Wait, they're facing the same way." Yep. No, nope. I did. I did catch that. That, one. That's what that was the other
1: catches one. <laughs> me. And then the other one is so when he flies the ball team, the Hackensack Bulls, mm-hmm. and he helicopters them over from Long Island. And then he says, and, and all the the fanfare and everything. And then he says, all right. And they're all loading up on the buses. And he says, all right, we're all getting on the buses. He said, the practice field is over on the, on Long Island. He said, why'd you fly us over here? The the practice fields on Long Island. He says, I know He said I couldn't get the band on the, on the, on the uh, airstrip. Right. Well, the problem with that is, is now they're getting on the buses to drive back to Long Island. Right. You just helicoptered from Long Island to here. Taking a bus is cheaper than getting back on the helicopter and helicoptering back. Right. Why didn't you just get back on the helicopter and go back? You spent more money. So you know it really does. The movie makes you think like, would I have done this that way or would I have done it that way? Or so so you know. And I get it. He probably already had chartered the buses or whatever. But realistically, so you just flew the team from. You you flew the airplane over to there. Then you got them on helicopters to fly them here to take a bus to go back when you could have got back on the helicopters and flown back and it would have been more expensive.
0: Right. The only thing I could think of, the, and that's going deep dive, is maybe the, the, the yeah. helicopters were booked for another gig. I don't know. But, no, that's a good point. <laughs> uh, like you said, just get get back on the helicopter because if I, actually you should be like, you know what? Forget the bus, and you still pay the bus. And I don't know. I guess I would have broke the rule though, because you have to get value back. So you yeah. would have gotten a refund, or they. Something I don't else, think. Yeah. I don't think eating it would have would have probably violated the rule. So if he just said, right. "Hey, keep the money," I'm not using the buses. I'm going to f- go back on the helicopter. I don't think that would have counted as spent yeah. money. So, so yeah. he had to do what he had to do. But you know, no, no, no. that's a good point. But yeah, definitely the, the, the your left or my left. Your left, my left. That's I, that's I, egregious. I, yeah,
1: I, literally from the, from the first time I ever saw it, I'm like, come on, it's. They're the same left. You're you're both facing the same direction. What do you mean? You're left. My left. It's always the decorator's <laughs> left. That's because we're facing the same way. You know. Come on. So uh, yeah, no that that did that kind of drove me nuts, but uh, and it always has. But no, it is it's a fantastic movie, and anybody, everybody out there. I mean, if if you like, you said if you want just a fun movie that you can just sit there and chill and watch and enjoy, where you're not, you know, you're not on the edge of your seat your heart pumping and pounding thinking, oh God, I am you know, there's, oh, what's, you know, but it's, it's just a fun, relaxing, enjoyable movie. You know, it's an enjoyable movie where you can, you know, you and I've had this conversation a million times before where it's, you know, I, uh, Jamie used to say all the time is, you know, uh, oh, you can't, you know, you never, you never watch a movie you don't like. Well, that's not true. There are movies that I don't like, but I always find some sort of entertainment value out of what I watched right um so so there's never been a movie that i've watched that i'm like man that's like you know uh that's two hours of my life i'll never get back and boy oh boy i mean there have been a couple of movies where i've been like i feel like writing the you know the production company being like yo can you refund me because oof but ultimately there's something fun that i did find in the movie but this is one of those movies that just from start to finish it's fun you get lost in the movie It. It's an hour and a half, but it doesn't feel like an hour and a half. And in reality, they could have probably done an hour and forty-five minutes, and it would have been still just as enjoyable. You know?
0: Yeah, uh, I agree. No, it's 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 really well done. It's it's like I said, it's a lot of fun. And and going back, and like I said, I didn't didn't even get into John Candy's performance. And actually, and it's not even a criticism per se, but I I wish there was more of John Candy in the mm -hmm. movie. Uh, I think I mean he's definitely a supporting performer in the movie, even though he's got a co-headlining bill because he was big at the time. And I'm like I said, I'm a huge fan of of John Candy. I spoke about him. Uh, I reviewed Planes, Trains, and Automobiles a couple of weeks back, and Mm -hmm. uh, and one of his best performances in that movie. Because I I, the tragedy of John Candy is I I do I fully believe he would have had a similar trajectory of career as Robin Williams and Bill Murray in the sense that he would have been able to do dramas and 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 i point to if you've never if you've seen the oliver stone film jfk he has a very small role in that movie mm-hmm. and he's phenomenal really uh yeah he's yeah he's in JFK yeah, I've he's, never got a very, seen that yeah he's got a very small part in it it's completely dramatic um and uh mm-hmm. that came out in 91 Yeah, i think he died in 94 mm-hmm. uh because then of course cool runnings which is one of my favorite movies as ah, well with him movie. in a great movie and he's and he's great in everything and and i'm gonna get to uncle buck which is probably my second favorite John Candy movie. He's fabulous in that movie, but uh, in Great in,
1: Outdoors. Yeah, great that was another
0: one. Great, great outdoors. outdoors
1: was fantastic.
0: Yeah, that is a good one too. Summer yeah.
1: Rental. I mean, yeah. everything. Summer I Rental. One.
0: Yeah, John yeah. Candy
1: is just genius.
0: He, he, he is genius. Stripes. In yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I, God, that's one I got to revisit too. I, I, uh-huh. I've seen that movie a few times, and it's 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 fantastic. It is it is a good movie.
1: What's really funny, and what I was saying about him, and and barring going into like with the the smaller role with JFK being you know more serious, but he it, john candy plays John Candy. John Candy is John Candy. I mean if you really think about it, when you watch like the the barroom brawl scene with Brewster's millions. Mm-hmm. Now in your mind, think about when they were at the wrestling bar in the yeah, mud wrestling stripes. Yeah, yeah. Same John, it's the same John Candy played John Candy, and that's what made him such so, so fantastic was he didn't have to act he was being himself and he just put himself into that role. And, and that's what made all of John Candy's movies. So fantastic was, he's great. He just had a, he had a sense of humor like nobody else. And just he, when he interjected himself into the role, he breathed the life into it. Just like Robin Williams, same thing with him, no matter what that man touched, he breathed the life into it. And, and Robin Williams put himself into whatever he played. So, that was Absolutely, that. No,
0: naturally gifted. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame um he passed mm-hmm. away so young. He was 43 when he passed away. It's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a shame. But no, again, uh, yeah, yeah, great great actor, great Like I said great movie, great fun. So, all right, Mike, well, thanks for coming on and doing this with me, man. This is a, definitely uh, I usually fly solo, but it's always more fun when you can talk movies with somebody else, and I think it's more fun oh, yeah. for the audience as well. Uh before That's we wrap fun. it up though, again, you're listening to the let me bend your ear podcast. I'm Frank, the host of the show. I discuss and review movies new and old. And of course, today we discussed an older one 1985's Brewster's Millions. You can follow the show on social media at Bend Your also on Instagram at Bend Your Ear uh, The Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash let me bend your ear. And subscribe to the YouTube channel that is Let Me Bend Your Ear Podcast. Uh, you'll see this episode up next week. Uh, You can see the video, obviously, now after it's over, so you can catch it early, but it'll be dropped next weekend, uh, so you can listen to it on the audio feed. If you do, this is primarily an audio podcast, so if that's where you listen to it, that's great. Uh, It's on Spotify or wherever you get podcasts, and you can also download episodes from the website at LetMeBendYourEar.com. So, again, Mike, thanks again, buddy, for coming on. You're definitely going to come on again. We're going to talk about other movies. You and I are big movie buffs, so we'll definitely uh, go (laughs) into the... We'll go deep dive in on movies. Like you said, this was a perfect pick because this is one I probably would have never even thought of had you not brought it up. So I'll probably to go to dive you. in. I'm going to yeah. start
1: thinking about some other ones. Give me some deep dives, man. In.
0: Yeah. We're yeah. definitely going to do that. Cause of the, the, like I said, I've said this before on the podcast. I mean, I've seen, you know, thousands and thousands of movies mm-hmm. since I was a child, but look, I can't outnumber the number of movies people out there listening have seen. So, yeah. Anybody that gives me suggestions, like I said, if you do have a suggestion out there, email the show to Benji at gmail.com. If you have a movie that you think uh, would be good for me to review, shoot me those suggestions because I'm sure there's going to be some that I missed that yeah. either I've never seen before that I could check out for the first time or like this movie boosters millions that I actually saw and enjoyed and completely forgot about. Uh, so, uh, definitely uh, hit me up with suggestions. So again, thank you so much, Mike. I really appreciate it. Thank you for everybody out there that was watching or listening. Um, again, you know, we'll keep, keep it open for live people to come on the podcast or to, to suggest a chat. So definitely do that. It'll always be open, but like I said, you can come on or not come on. I appreciate everybody that's come on the downloads have increased. So thank you so much. And again, thank you, Mike.
1: Thank you, Frank. You guys have a great night. I enjoyed it.
0: All right, everybody have a great week. Take care and we will talk to you soon. Take care.